Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Cheer Chats with SB. I'm your host, Sydney, and for those of you that are new here, I'm a wife, a mom to three, and a full-time independent hairstylist from Tennessee. This month is National C-Section Awareness Month, and when I had my first daughter, I was 21 years old, and I had to have an emergency C-section, um... So this is just a trigger warning. If you have had a C-section or are also like about to have a baby, you may not want to listen to this until after you have your baby because it was pretty traumatic to me as well as my client Katie who also had a C-section about two and a half years ago. So this is just us telling our pretty traumatic stories. We're not telling these stories to scare anybody. Um, We just want to bring some awareness to C-sections because before we both went into our C-sections, there was no warning and um, really no information that we got previous to having our C-sections. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks for listening. All right, this is Katie, and it is National C-Section Awareness Month, so I figured what better way than two moms talking about their C-section experiences. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Yes. While I put the gear foils in, we'll just talk. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'd say, like, I had a really high-risk pregnancy. You did? From the beginning? Yeah. I had high blood pressure starting at 13 weeks. Okay. So I was put on blood pressure medication, and... It was a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, and was on up to four pills a day by the end of it. Four what? Four blood pressure pills okay. a day. Wow. So at 30 weeks, I. So did um, they warn you, like, when you, like, you may have to have a C section? Like, no, so there was. Up? No. So did they just said. Have- yes, always. I never thought I would have a C-section. Yeah. yeah, I went into it with no education whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, which I regret. But um, that's why we're here today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's not education. A little bit of education. Um, so yeah, so they they kept testing me for preeclampsia, which I was blessed that that didn't happen. Okay. Um, At but, what point does it become preeclampsia? So they test your urine uh-huh. um, for proteins in it, okay. and to be honest, I'm not educated much after that point. But yeah. um, they're, they're looking for yeah, I didn't have it, which was good. But at 29 weeks, they gave me um, these two shots to boost her her lung development, okay. um, just in case I did develop preeclampsia or had to have yeah. her early. So then at 30 weeks. Um, on Halloween night, I noticed that she wasn't moving, um, and so I just had been busy hanging out with my friend and didn't think about it. And then I did the kick counter, and it was an hour and a half and no movement after, you know, drinking a Coke, eating candy, like yeah. doing everything you can. So went to um, call the doctor. They said go to the hospital immediately. Mm-hmm. And so we had um, an ultrasound, the BPP ultrasound, where they checked for four different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing she got was her amniotic fluid was good. But her, she wasn't practice breathing. She wasn't moving. And honestly, I can't remember what the fourth thing is. But so she failed the ultrasound, which was terrifying. Did they tell you what her score was? She got a 
she got two out of eight or whatever they yeah. call it. Yeah. So Bailey, she got, oh, I think it was six out of eight the first uh -huh. time they did it. And yeah. They did it again the next day and she got a four out of eight. Yeah, which is terrifying. Yeah. So yeah. we're just laying there like, what, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is something gonna happen to my baby? So right. her heart rate was strong though, and that's okay. the most important part. Obviously, yeah. you know she's in there. So and then the next day they did a repeat ultrasound, and she got a four out of eight. And so they're like, okay, she's improving. Um, yeah, this is the opposite. Yeah. Like yeah, she's not. Yeah. So and then they waited again, like twenty four hours, and she ended up getting eight out of eight. Okay. So we were able to go home. Okay. But. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, yeah. super so early. Yeah. Um, but they did. The nurse had come in and told me you're probably gonna have a C-section today. So Cody's rushing home to get clothes, and he's so yeah. funny. <laughs> we had just washed all of the clothes and had some six months clothes people gave us, and that's what that's what he packed. <laughs> you're like, okay, we'll try again next time. Yeah, we're like, that's gonna be a little big for a preemie baby, but um. Anyway, so we were blessed. We got Poor to go Cody. home. Yeah, but we were. Stressed out. <laughs> yes, new dad excited, yes. you know. But um, we were able to go home, but the high-risk doctor did come see me. So after that, we were able to um, start going to the high-risk doctor. And uh, our so first appointment. To, sorry, did they swap you to a high risk doctor, or were you always seeing a high risk doctor? No, I wasn't. So I was with my regular provider. Okay. So, um, yeah. So we started going to high risk doctor twice a week, and then the regular doctor once. Okay. Um, wow. So three doctors. Were you working at the time too? Yes, but I went on bed rest, and okay. I'm so sorry. I said 30 weeks. I meant 33 weeks. Because now that I'm thinking about my timeline. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's been three and a half years. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Trying to relive it. Yes, I'm like, what are my weeks here? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so 33 weeks, went to the high-risk doctor. Very first appointment, the ultrasound tech said, um, it looks like you have an umbilical cord barracks. And I'm like, umbilical vein barracks. Okay. Um, and so that means that there's the umbilical cord that meets the baby's belly is um dilated where it's larger okay. and so of course we didn't know what that meant so i'm very emotional and crying it's already been a traumatic weekend in the hospital yeah <laughs> um and, and so high risk doctor yeah so okay. then we saw him and he was you know not the best bedside banner to be honest yeah. it was just was like it's, it's very blunt yeah he was I like really it's fine we just have to watch it so i left and i did research and yeah all you find on the internet about um, umbilical cord barracks is like journals from colleges of, about it increases the chance of morbidity is the word it says, um, which means that, that she could yeah, be stillborn. Right. So I got put on bed rest from work. I'm home every day by myself. Cody's working and just crying every day. Right. Like that's yeah. the it was terrifying. And I didn't understand why they wouldn't just take me to the hospital now yeah. and get her out of me because she was already yeah if you know what's wrong yeah, yeah. She, she was already predicting like five and a half pounds at that point so like we knew she was at a decent size and so the next appointment we asked the nurse practitioner um you know what does this mean we we don't we don't know no one really told us and she yeah, just said like, right and she just said poor fetal outcomes and so i'm like what and she said, stillbirth. 
And so I can't breathe. Yeah. I'm, I'm like heaving, crying. She has no sympathy whatsoever. I guess uh, I would have switched doctors right then and there. I know. Like, I, next. I guess they're just desensitized. Now this is the high risk doctor, not my OB. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not, wow. not my OB. Wow. This is the high risk who's just monitoring me. So we were going twice a week for ultrasounds with this doctor, and then my once a week with my normal OB. Mm-hmm. So it was a very long four weeks and we decided to induce but my OB did not so I wish looking back now that I wouldn't have fought her I go both ways Mm -hmm. I was so terrified and paralyzed in fear that I was like take me to the hospital right now yeah I don't care what you have to do like I just want her to be alive (laughs) when she comes out so um my OB was like, why do you want to be induced? And I'm like, because I'm, bless you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified. And she's yeah. like, okay. Um, yeah, like, I just want to get this over. Right, like, yeah. right. So she was supportive of that. But now looking back, I'm like, it makes sense why she wasn't, How many like, weeks saying. How were you when you were? 37 weeks. Okay. Yeah, so um, good. Yeah, so I was there right at the cusp of, um, you know, being almost full term. Yeah. So, again, I just said that to educate on the C-section part with induction. Um, so, yeah, so 37 weeks, we went in on a Monday night at like 8 o'clock and went in. And this is where I just wish I would have educated myself because I just went in with no education. I just was like, lay me on the bed and do whatever you need to do yeah. to make me have this baby. My, my yeah. yeah, you just expect to get the beds and then wait however long and then push and suddenly you have a baby and that's yeah. just not how it works yeah. um for everybody right so um yeah so they did pitocin they did the cervical pills to help you induce labor mm-hmm. so um another thing i wish i would have done was not get an epidural so soon mm-hmm. i was so worried about my water being intentionally broke that I asked for the epidural beforehand and i was only like four centimeters and i wasn't feeling bad contractions now, Pitocin. So, what was your timeline? Like, walk us through what time yeah. you got to the hospital. Yeah, so 8 p.m. Okay. Monday night, I got okay. there. Um, so, we walked in, they triage you, you know. It's kind of weird walking in to have Were a baby. You Baptist or Methodist? Methodist. Okay. Um, it's, it's weird to walk in and you're not like having contractions because I think yeah. so many people imagine you to go in and you're the lady tapping on, hurry up, yeah. I'm having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you expect it from the movies, like yeah. your water breaks in public and you run in there. So we're just strolling in, we're taking our pictures outside, we're ready. <laughs> Here we go. Cody's, got his, yeah, Cody's got his pink shirt on, Aww. like we're just excited. Yeah. So um, so yeah, they, they triage you and then just get you comfortable and that's when they start the process that for me, because I wasn't dilated at all, they do the cervical pills uh, that okay. they insert um, to help try to, I guess, loosen your cervix or thin so your cervix. That was cervix. the first thing that they did. That was the first thing. And there was kind of a waiting game till morning. Were you dilated at all when you went in? I don't think so. Okay. Um, not that she had said. So mm-hmm. it was really just starting the whole thing from, yeah. from nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so then the doctor came in the morning, and that's when they, I guess, were checking baby's heart rate, how, you know, if I was dilated at that point. I don't remember mm-hmm. if I was. Um, but then they started the Pitocin. So, um, again, that's another educational piece that I wish yes. I knew that that increases the risk of C-section as much as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know the stats on that, but a little research you'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so all you have to do is hit the Google. Button. Yeah. Um, so then Pitocin, and then it was waiting for the doctor to come break the water. Mm-hmm. So that's when she, um, I think the nurses measured you too to like see how dilated you were. Mm-hmm. So they dial they checked me, and I was like four centimeters. And then I was like, okay, I want an epidural because I was so nervous about the water mm-hmm. being broken. So I was at four centimeters. And okay. then um, the, wa- the doctor came, broke my water, and it was kind of waiting game from there. But I think after maybe like two or three hours after my water broke, um, the nurse came, den- came in and she was watching me and just like making a face where kind of like she looks concerned you know yeah I'm like what's happening and then she like goes for a minute and then she comes back and she puts an oxygen mask on my face and I'm like "Mm, what's this for yeah (laughs) and she's like well your baby's heart rate's dipping a little bit so we need to put some oxygen on you I'm like okay and Cody of course had just walked out to go get food and I'm texting him they're putting oxygen on my face I have a photo of me with the with it on my face I was like get back here now I just don't know what this means yeah now it was a few more hours later before we got to delivery but um they did that for a while they had me move I had an epidural so you can only roll over in the bed but um so then after a few hours they were like your baby's heart rate is not coming back up it's still dipped pretty low yeah so your doctor is going to come in so they called the doctor and she came in and is this your high risk or your regular my regular ob so she she checked me um and said okay we're gonna have to do a c-section so during any of this was the high risk doctor there no see that's what i don't understand no like, now would i have wanted in there probably not yeah because he was so not kind yeah. <laughs> or like comforting in right. any way yeah um so they measured me and then um she said okay we're gonna do a c-section because baby's heart's dipping and you're just not dilated yeah so they they leave the anesthesiologist visits you you may have experienced that like everyone comes to see you before to tell mm-hmm. you what's going to happen go through all the paperwork yeah yeah the nurses are changing shift because it's after seven um which i was blessed to that the nurse we had during the c-section and beyond with yeah. recovery. I only recall the first few minutes of meeting her prior to the C-section, but Cody said she was wonderful too. And so it was like 7.30 and they were like, okay, it's time. And my doctor said, I'll check you one more time, make sure. And she was like, you're at nine centimeters. Do you want to wait? So in the long run, I appreciate she said that and wasn't a doctor that just wanted to push me in there, but with, Sophie's umbilical cord varics. I've been there almost 24 hours. I'm exhausted. I'm pumped full meds. Y'all just prep me. I'm like, let's just do it. You yeah. know, what What if the varics, something happened in birth? I would forever regret not just doing the C-section. Yeah. So um, they rolled me in there. Like, I guess, I don't know how long it takes to prep. But after 7.30, um, they roll me in there and lay me on the table and that's when the traumatic part really begins. Mm-hmm. So Cody was not with me. I don't know if they did that with Dylan. Did they put you in there first? 
for your C-section. Yeah. So you're alone. I'll go into that. When... Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like you do your. Yeah. So then, and also, I just want to say this is also like I don't want this episode to like scare mom. For sure. But it's just to bring awareness to that. For sure. We all have a different story. Yep. You know. Yep. So. Yep. Okay. My my tip would be to educate yourself and yes. and know what's best for for yeah. you and there are a lot of women that do plan c-sections and they're yes. amazing and a lot of people and have it's wonderful yeah, yeah for sure so they roll me in there and then they get me off the you know I think most, our stories from this point on are pretty similar yeah you know like yeah. we've talked about it before and yes so okay. put me on there the lights start flickering and so i'm like what's happening um and they're not the nurses aren't talking to me they're like lighthearted conversation you know like laughing like i understand their coworkers; they do this every day but i'm laying You're there mom, yeah like, i'm i don't know if i'm gonna die you yeah. know yeah. i've never had surgery in my life yeah. so i just i didn't know what was about to happen and cody's not with me so i'm just like praying to god like help me please help me yeah. i don't know what to do so they um and they're dropping their metal instruments in this metal bin one by one like saying the names of them which is just the room is the room is so white you feel and like freezing cold and cold yep because they and quiet they put blankets on your arms they strap yep. you down like you're on a cross yep and then they're going oh the generator is kicking on as the lights are flickering so of course that's terrifying that is the power going to go out when i'm cut wide open right. so then cody is in the holding area they have the dads go put on or the spouse go put on all of their prep stuff you know the ppe and so he was left out there so they forgot about him because the fire alarms are going off because of the power so there wasn't a fire but the, the power flickered so the alarms went off mm -hmm. so they all doors lock at that point and so he was stuck out there so he's like banging on the door for them to please let me in yeah um and then you know there's a tiny piece of me too my mom's been with me 24 hours and she's outside can only imagine the fear she's experiencing uh with the fire alarms going off you know that her child and her grandchild are in an operating room right now so um and after that point cody came in i barely remember him being there um i just remember like again crying out god help me like please help me i remember them the first cut feeling that not i was numb to an extent but i remember feeling it and i just said help me make this go away and the anesthesiologist said i can give you something that you may not remember anything and that's when i said i don't care yeah. like because i thought i was about to feel yeah. all this and from there on out i don't remember anything yeah at all i cody is amazing and has told me stories i wish another part too is i wish that like we were educated maybe on what to ask for if this situation happened like there's no videos of her yeah. so i did not hear her first cry yeah um, so they just completely knocked you out yes i think i don't think yeah. they gave me the stuff to completely put me under like, because yeah. i don't think they allow spouses in there if you they put you under oh, yeah. so fully you just like up he, a little bit. Yeah, and I think the meds that I've been on all day too. It was just a combo of things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't remember anything really after that point. Just what Cody has told me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So scary. 
Yeah. Wow. So, did after your C-section, were there any, like, like, did your doctor check on you? Like, how was your, like, postpartum, like, recovery? Yeah. So, in the hospital, obviously, after a C-section, it's very hard to do anything. Um, But you're forced to get up and walk, you know, um, and can't walk down the hall with your baby. And all of that was super traumatizing, too. Again, you're not going into it expecting your stomach to be open you're expecting to not be able to sit down possibly or whatever it is from a vaginal delivery so um yeah but I just had my two-week appointment and then your six-week appointment and then that's it yeah and that's what's horrible with with in my opinion with the way that moms in general I wish that there was more support from a mental standpoint as well as a physical you know I wish Every mom was referred for pelvic floor therapy, mm-hmm. you know, PT and if like, you need nobody, it. What's crazy to me is, like, no doctors have ever, like, until I found my doctor that I have now, no doctor has ever, like, mentally checked on me. Yeah. Like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, yeah know. yeah i know you have the you have the postpartum screening at your pediatrician yeah and then but of course you're gonna answer no to all that because I, you don't want to be marked as a crazy mom right because like, then you hear horror stories about yeah. that too and if you were to say that you're experiencing yeah, thoughts like, so I don't want my child taken away from exactly me. not that crazy right <laughs> yeah so i'm blessed that I went and I saw a nurse practitioner that day, um, and she gave me a hug and I just cried in her arms. Yeah. And they did refer me to um, a psychiatrist to go talk to. So, yeah, so I was able to go, and I also, about two months after postpartum, I was so depressed and wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. Um, I shut out everybody in my life, pretty much, other than my husband and my my best friend and my mom. So at that point, I did like look for a therapist, and that's when I found my therapist. And I've been with her three years, and yeah, she's just awesome. phenomenal. So yeah. that was amazing. Um, so I, I went down the like the rabbit hole after. I don't know if you did this of like how I could have prevented it. You know, yeah. feeling guilty on like myself like is it you know the high blood pressure is it my weight is it my food choices is it whatever it was what caused this to happen um and how can i prevent it in the future yeah um if i ever decide to have another child i was gonna ask next is like do you feel like your experience made you question like 100 percent still to this day it makes me i know still to this day it you know, just hearing someone else as well, like, talk about their experience or yeah. new mo- I have a lot of new moms that I work with, and I tell them often, like, I love you so much, so I'm just going to educate you as much as I can because right. I don't want to see you go through what I went through, although, like, God's plan for you is going to happen no matter what, but if I can encourage you to just educate yourself a little bit and advocate for yourself i'm sure you know this too like with your doctor like i'm blessed that my doctor was great but you know there are a lot of doctors we hear about especially in memphis of you know uh, and and ways abuse to mothers like c-sections are the easy way out for a doctor yeah it's quick they're done yep forget about it yeah and 
for us, it's not. It's yeah. not an easy way out. You no. Know? It's like the hardest path you can take. Yep. And I think they're just so desensitized. Yeah. Like even and also like my client who I just did an episode on like all things pregnancy and baby, like I went a little bit into like my C section. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't wanna scare you. Right. So, and I want you to be able to like hear all this information exactly. when you're ready for that. For sure. You know? I know. I was telling someone the other day who responded to an Instagram post, I don't share this to scare anybody. Yeah. Just to make you aware yeah. and that you know, God forbid someone else go through something similar. Right. Even vaginal births can be super traumatizing. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just here you for just you. Movies, like, yes. Or like, you know, bloggers and influencers, like, yep. sharing about their birth experience. Yeah. Like, what yeah. one person goes through is, it's going to be different. Yep. Everybody's birth story is yep. so different. Yep. Even if, you know, we both had C sections, but we're still very different. Right. Like, so I'll go into mine. Mm-hmm. So we lived in Florida at the time, and um, I had—I would not have even known I was pregnant with Bentley until I started showing. If I didn't like test, wow! Like it, it was just the easiest pregnancy. I never threw up. I never got anything. Yeah. And then we came to 29 weeks, and um, right at 29 weeks, I started bleeding, oh, and wow. we couldn't figure out why I was bleeding. But it was every time that we had sex, uh-huh. I would just like gush. Like it looked yeah. like I was on my period. The toilet would be full of blood. And so like I just have like postpartum yeah. blood. Like, yeah. Blood scares me. Yeah. And um, so my doctor is like, oh, it's totally fine. It's just because my cervix is thinning. You know, like that's normal. And so I'm like, okay. So at, and my story may be a little jumbled because it was also yeah. three years ago. So I'm trying to. I'm sure things will come back as they um, arise, but so then at 32 weeks, I start having, or like around 30 weeks maybe, I start having contractions with the bleeding. Oh, wow. So we go in and they're like, okay, just no more sex. Yeah. Let's just cut that out because for a while they were like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I go in and they're like, okay, no more sexual activity. Um, and I was like, all right. So... Then I remember I'm gonna jump forward because I kind of every like from 30 weeks to 35 weeks is kind of a blur because I was put on medicine to stop labor. I was put on like no blood pressure issues, but I was put on like medication to stop contractions. Yeah, and then I had to stop taking that medication at 34 weeks. Gotcha. So 34 weeks came went back to the doctor, stopped taking the pills, and he was like, now at this point, it's a little bit safer for you to deliver. Mm-hmm. So um, at 35 weeks, we were supposed to have a baby shower on Sunday, and t- my turnover days were Saturday. So on Saturday, I turned 35 weeks, and my in-laws were in town because we were supposed to have a shower on Sunday. And Saturday, I was like, I'm going to go get my nails done. I'm going to go get a massage. Like, yeah. And before all that, I was on FaceTime with my nephew. Um, and all of a sudden, the bed drops. Like, we don't know. Like, I was just sitting on the bed, and one a wood piece, like, fell through. So I, like, hit the floor on the mattress. I don't know if that kind of, like, yeah, made it, like, yeah, start or something. But I started bleeding. So I called my doctor. And he said, well, 
just go about your day, you know, if the bleeding doesn't stop and it's you're still feeling a pad, then come in. So I go get my nails done and then I go get a massage and um, the bleeding hasn't stopped. Like I remember being so scared I was gonna yeah. bleed on the yeah on the massage table and I was yeah. like so we went into the doctor and we called them episodes, mm -hmm. which was when I would have just like one extremely strong contraction, like almost screaming. Yeah. And so he was about to let me go home. And then I had like an episode. Yeah. And it, it was just like the most pain I've ever been in. And he said, I don't like seeing you in that much pain. So we're going to keep you here until you're 36 weeks. Like you're going to be on bed rest in the hospital. Yeah. And once you get to 36 weeks, we'll induce you. So, wow. Um, so then Sunday, my in-laws are like, okay, so we're going to go home, get everything ready. Um, or, yeah, they're like, I didn't want to tell my in-laws because of the shower. Mm -hmm. And so then we finally told them on Saturday. And then Sunday they were like, well, we're going to go home and get everything, like, ready. And we'll come back, like, whenever she comes. And... Um, and then they did that test, the ultrasound test, mm -hmm. and Bentley got a four out of eight. Mm -hmm. And then Monday rolls around, and at this point I had only had like two episodes, you know, that was pretty good. And um, so like I couldn't even get up to go pee by myself. I'd have to like ring the nurses and be like, hey, I have to go pee, can somebody help me? Mm -hmm. So. Dylan was like, business as usual, you know, like, you're in great hands, I'm going to go back to work, yeah. and, like, I'll just work, you know, call me if anything changes. Yeah. So, they come in, at, and mind you, they don't... Okay, and also, while I was back there mixing up, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story. You were very vulnerable with us, and I appreciate that, and I hope it helps even more than one person. Yes, thank you. Um... Okay, so at this hospital, it was a small hospital, and they didn't have a NICU. So they've been kind of prepping me, like, hey, you're 35 weeks, you're not even close to full term. Like, if this baby comes and has to go to a NICU, we will be lifelighting her to Pensacola. And it's going to be a two-and-a-half-hour drive, and you can't go in the air, like, you can't go with her and, like, now I'm chasing me, um, but they were like, you, like, your husband can go, but, like, you have to stay here and recover. And so I feel like that was, like, the scariest part that Absolutely. nobody talks about was, like, yeah. And so anyways, they had given me, like, that shot to develop our lungs. They are mm -hmm. like, we've done everything we can do to, like, make this as successful as possible. Yep. Um. But they came in Monday morning and they did um, like that test again and she got a four out of eight and they didn't tell me that, thank God, until like the doctor came in. Like I remember even talking to the ultrasound tech. I'm like, how's she doing? You know, like yeah. kind of joking around with her yeah. like, how's she doing? And she was like, oh, she's, you know, like obviously reassuring like, oh, she yeah. looks great. She's doing good. Um, and then I remember the doctor coming in around like 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And mind you, like I'm all by myself. Dylan didn't stay the night. We had dogs at home. So yeah. like he had to go take care of the dogs. 
and the doctor came in and this was like the most traumatizing part to me was uh, he goes or the doctor came in and it was just a random doctor who was on call and she said um, her levels are dropping so we're just like we need to take her out now and she asked me she said this was Monday morning she's like is there anybody you want to call and I was like well yeah like I have a husband who yeah it's like so um anyway so I made like six phone calls like I had time to make like six phone calls you know I called all my sisters I called his parents who were already on the way home so they turned around I actually called his parents first because I was like yeah hey, don't go anywhere yeah <laughs> and um and then I called Dylan and Dylan was getting ready for work and he was like oh my god okay I'm coming so at this point, um, they took me back already, like before I got to say like bye to Dylan, mm -hmm. and that was like the hardest yeah. part. Was like, what if I die? Yep. And I didn't even get to say like goodbye. Yep. Um, but I just remember like everybody rushing in at one time, like sign this paper, sign here, sign here, sign yep. here, and mm -hmm. like it was like, oh my god, this is yeah. literally me signing my life away. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm reading. Like, I'm no, so, I'm in you so don't. Much, yeah. Like, I'm so stressed out. I have no idea what I'm reading. Yep. And also, the doctor did give me an option. She said, I was like, do we have to do a C-section? Mm -hmm. I remember asking her that. And she was like, well, that is what's going to be safest and quickest mm -hmm. for y'all. Um, she said, I can induce you, but we don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know if her heart rate's going to drop. Like, yeah. you know, we just the best and safest option is for you to have a c-section right now right and i was like okay all right we're doing this so you know my sister had a c-section mm -hmm. and i was like uh she did it i can do it you right know? like i just yep. kept telling myself that um and then um the so finally we get all like scrubbed up and they're like wheeling me in there and um I just remember, like, this was, like, one of the good parts of the C-section mm -hmm. was when they did give me the spinal tap, the nurse who was holding on to me, which I will forever be thankful for her, she literally, I was, like, motorboating her, my face yeah. <laughs> her and she was like, I was like, my face is in yeah. and she was like, it's fine, girl, yeah. <laughs> And she had, you know, like you're holding on to that yep. pillow, like leaned yep. over, and she was just like, like Pressure. holding me yeah. so tight. And yeah. I was like, I don't know if that was like a sensory thing, but it was like the yeah. best thing she could have done for me mm -hmm. because I felt like it was Dylan, like yep. holding me. Yeah. Um, and I remember the guy. Uh, his name was Ruben, mm -hmm. and he was my um, like anesthesiologist. Mm -hmm. And he was so nice, like the best anesthesiologist ever. He was like, just a little bee sting, you know, and then yeah. I felt it and like everything was going fine. Well, then there's also a nurse anesthetist mm -hmm. in there. And um, she kind of took, took over at that point after mm -hmm. everything. And I'm laying on the bed and um, I just remember like, laying there like okay here we go we're gonna like i'm excited you know we're gonna get to meet bentley everything's gonna right. be fine and um 
she said, all right, you're going to feel a little pressure. And I was like, okay. And I start making faces. Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, yeah, you feel that pressure? Like you're going to feel a little bit of, like it's just deep pressure. Yeah. And I remember looking up at the nurse anesthetist and I was like, I feel that 100%. And she was like, well, yeah, you're going to feel pressure. Like, can you describe how it feels? And I looked at her, I said, it feels like somebody is cutting me open with a plastic knife. Right. And she, Ruben, like, jumped in. He was like, stop. Yeah. Everybody's like, stop the whole show. Um, and, uh, and then they, like, started doing something. I don't know what exactly they were doing, but they were like, can you feel this? And I was like, no. So then at that point, you know, they, everything, they waited, like, 10 minutes. And mind you, Dylan's still not in the room yet. So... Then um, Dylan comes in and like, I will say it was probably the best. Like after that, my C-section was fine, but it, you know, just all yep. that, like being without him, like once he came in, it was just like, oh, yep. you know, like I can yep. relax a little bit. Um, and our, like, our team was great. It was a very like newer hospital. Mm-hmm. So Bentley never left my side. Good. She was on, they put her on me. Ruben asked, like, can I take a picture of y'all? Like, so I have pictures of us in the OR, like, while they're, like, sewing me back up. And I just remember asking, like, like while I was holding Bentley, I was like, are you guys almost done? Like, this is, like, two seconds after. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm like, you guys almost done? And they were like, um, no, but just, like, look at your baby, you know, like, enjoy this time with her. And I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, like we're just, and so, um, but then I also feel like nobody ever talks about like the husband's experience. Exactly. Like I, when I told this story, like I didn't really go into detail with the other pregnant mom because I was like, I don't want to scare you. Yeah. (laughs) I texted Dylan. I said, I cried telling Dylan's birth story. Mm -hmm. And he said, that is just an experience I will never forget. Yeah. I'm like. He said when he walked into the OR, um, they had all my organs on one table. Mm -hmm. Like everything was out of my stomach on one table. Mm -hmm. He said there was so much blood just like covering the floors. And nobody prepared him for that. No. You know? And, um, yep, Cody the same on that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like there's a lot more that goes into it than just like. And the dads have to see, you know, they, like, do. they don't want to see their wife slit open. Well, they're looking at their wife like, is she, is she going to be okay? Yeah. Is she going to die? But then yeah. also, like, like a baby, yes. a new life is so exciting. And you just want to hold your baby. And then they, like, right. have to pick yeah. what they're. Well, and that's the thing is, like, can hold. Never who they can hold. About that. Yeah. Like, hey, it's, if shit hits the fan, who, who are we going to yeah. save? You know, nobody yep. ever talks about that. No. Which, I did talk about that a little bit with my client who was here, but they're both, she's a nurse and he's a nurse practitioner. Okay. So they had that conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like normal people. No, you don't, don't think about that. Because you don't want to. Right. You don't want to go into it thinking neg- yes. negative is what some people right. may say it is, but it's really being prepared. Yeah. But, yes, no, nobody tells us about it, but really dads yeah. don't. They, they don't get really thought about yeah. in the equation. And even postpartum, 
Right. I mean, when you factor in depression and right. anxiety and, like, no one really checks on them either because right. they're, you know, experience, they can experience postpartum depression and anxiety too, but also they're trying to keep us afloat right. as well, we're healing. Yeah, and then that was another thing was I had severe postpartum anxiety and depression Same. When after I had Bentley, but it was never talked about. It was undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't want to be considered crazy. Yep. And yep. So then um, whenever I, whenever we moved back to Memphis, I was like, I'm not having another C-section. Yep. And like, if, like I wanted six kids originally, but I was like, I'm not having six C-sections. Yep. And also that's another thing, like you cannot laugh, you cannot sneeze yep. without being in pain after a C-section. And um, I remember like they gave me pain meds and I would feel like a crazy person for taking them. I'm like, yep, I don't want to be addicted. I don't want to, you yep. know, but like your body just went through a major surgery. Well, and it's hard to like even, like I can't look at my scar to this day. Yeah. It's so painful yeah. to relive that and mm -hmm. also like grieve what you thought it would be because you do see so many other people who, you know, are blessed with no complications. They go in, right. they have the baby and like, to this day, I just look at some people and I'm like, why can't that be me? Yeah. And it and it's, it's so hard to not do that. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's almost impossible to not compare. Right. And so many will say, like, you should be grateful you have a baby. Some people can't have a baby. And, like, I'm not invalidating right. them. Yeah. But also, like, that's not, I'm allowed to feel what that's I'm feeling. not fair to yeah. say they didn't experience what I experienced. Right. Like, right. who are you to say? I mean, Sophie Kyle's the best thing that's ever happened right. to me but i can also grieve the trauma yeah. yeah and that's what like i don't know just like after birth like nobody like i remember i used to call it my cave well i call it my cave now because when i look back there's not like any pictures of me and bentley not mm -hmm. in my bedroom like, we never left the bedroom. Yeah. I didn't have family. Like, I, two of my sisters lived with me, and that was a little overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know. And one of my sisters had a fiancé and two dogs, you know. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot. They moved yeah. in the week that I delivered because wow. I was supposed to wait a month. Yeah. But then it ended up being that weekend that they moved in. So, yeah. You know, and my sisters were super nice, like trying to be like, hey, can I get you dinner? Can I bring you something? Mm -hmm. And I just remember like being confined to my room. And I was like, no, I don't want to leave. Like, I don't want to get up. Well, that's an, another thing people don't talk about with the postpartum anxiety yeah. is people want to offer, oh, let me take care of your baby. Let me hold your baby. Like, I don't need you to hold my baby. I'm actually yeah. terrified for you to even touch her because... Yeah. What if you have germs on you? Right. What about RSV? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't need you to hold her. I need someone to hold me right. and and care about me and just sit and talk to me. Yes. She's fine. I've got it, right? Yeah. Like, I did all this for her. Yeah. She's everything. So yeah. I just need you to offer to help me or just listen. Right. I mean, I'm, I know that we both had, you know, our daughter's younger. So, yeah. like, no one, I had no one that had had a baby. Right. To talk to which was so isolating and then my which I think factored into the the depression too was like I'm a different person and people who haven't gone through it don't understand that you're you're forever changed right like mentally physically everything and 
it was so hard for me to accept that my friends were in a different place. And well, um, I remember somebody asked me, "Why can't you just be happy that you like had a baby?" Yep. And I'm like, "That's not the point. No, you know? that has like, nothing to do with this." Yeah. And like yeah. I am happy, but exactly. I also have emotions, and I have to take care of my. Family. Yeah. And like Dylan was so great, like. He never wanted, like, he would just always reassure me. You yep. know, like, you're a good mom. Like, yep. When I was thinking, I'm the worst mom ever. Yeah. Why do I feel like this? I know. Why can't I just be happy? You know, like, yeah. I'm already, everything you're saying, I'm already thinking. Yep. So, you telling me to be happy that I'm exactly. a mom, I'm already thinking that. Exactly. And I, I wish I could just be exactly. happy. Exactly. You know? I know. Yeah, for sure. I remember I would... Cody is such an amazing dad. Yeah. And I'm so blessed that I remember I would hold Sophie and look at her and say, You don't need me. Like, I don't deserve you. Yeah. Like, you have yeah. the best dad. You don't need me. And at yeah. one point, I was like, Like, how can I go away to do something yeah. for me? And like, even got to the point of like, do, Should I be here anymore? Yeah. And once I hit that point of like, I don't know if I'm worth living anymore is when I reached out and I got on medication yeah. and I started therapy and from there it was on the up and up yeah. but you know it's just so hard like you said to ask for help and yeah. feel like people look at you like you're crazy right. and especially our generation's pretty open about mental health but older generations aren't and then they just think you're suck it up you're being emotional like you're not depressed you don't have postpartum depression yeah. like Almost they just crazy people have that right you know? they just don't understand yeah. and that's i mean that's why we're doing what we're doing right now exactly. is to educate people and help and people like, realize it's alone. okay like people yep. always will message me and be like oh you just have it all together you have it all figured mm -hmm. out and i'm like you don't see no you don't behind the scenes <laughs> Yep. For me to look like I have it all together. Exactly. Like I, feel I too struggle with my own things. Yep. And, you know, we're we're all human. Yep. At the end of the day. We yep. all have emotions and I feel like finding a good support system and, you know, really reaching out to like your like connections. Yep. Like I found I, my um, I remember crying with my doctor, uh, Dr. Duane. He is literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I remember crying with him and telling him I was so depressed. Like, and I, he asked me, like, this was when I was pregnant with Alice. So all this trauma is coming yep. back. Like, I'm like, what if I go through this again? Yep. Um, and I just remember, like, one of the things that I said when he finally, like, referred me to a therapist was, I, like, I just wish I could be excited for this pregnancy, but I'm not. Like, yep. I'm not excited. I'm yep. more, like, I am so stressed out, mm -hmm. but I wanted this baby so bad. Yep. And um, he was, like, he gave me a great therapist. I still talk to her, but... In that moment, he said, what's stressing you out the most? Mm -hmm. And I said, I just don't want another C-section. Yep. Like, I don't want to go through that again. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you have a 98.9% .9 chance of having a B-back. So cross that off the list and That's get amazing. that out of your head. That's amazing. Yeah. 
And so I just, I don't know what I would have done with any other doctor. Yep. But I know that he took the time to sit me down when I was falling, crying in his office. Mm -hmm. And he didn't look at me like I was crazy. Right. He validated what I was feeling. And he made it known that he was going to do everything in his power to help me have a good yep. experience. And after I had a VBAC with Alice, um, I remember him coming into the room and he was like, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? Aww. And he was like, thanks for making me look good out there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it was just like my VBAC was a dream. And uh, I'm amazing. so glad that like we have it on video and yep. you know all those things you wanted the first yes. time. Yeah, and yep. like, just the doctor alone can make or break like an experience, mm -hmm. and it's just like I feel like really taking the time. Like when we moved back from Florida, I did not decide I wanted to have more until I could find an OB. Yeah, and uh, I interviewed about like three different. Um, doctors and I remember calling Dr. Duane mm -hmm. and Valerie answered and she answers the phone every single time you know it doesn't like oh we're gonna put you on hold like no Valerie's there she's gonna answer unless they're on lunch then there's a lunch you know yeah but she I asked her I said does Dr. Duane do bats? and she said oh absolutely he loves bats. like and I, every person that I talked to before that was like, oh, well, it depends on the circumstances. Exactly. Yep. It depends on, and I'm just like, I just need somebody to tell me. Yes. yes. Yeah. I will do a VBAC. Yes. And uh, so I found him and the rest was history. And now I'm like, please don't retire until I'm done. I know. <laughs> I even told him that. He's like, mm, I got a while. Yeah. That's amazing so, and yeah. inspirational to people like me because I don't know that I'll ever be able to have another baby yeah. right now. That's how I feel because yes. it's still yeah. paralyzing what happened right. and like I just don't and know if I can okay live too, through that you know? again. Yeah, like, That's okay if you don't want any more because of that. Like yeah. you've been through enough. Yeah and it is heartbreaking when you do think you want more kids right. or you did start out saying you want, oh, I want three to four kids mm -hmm. and now it's like how could I even survive yeah. a yeah. second one? Yeah. yeah. So, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing yours. Yes. And sorry, I got emotional. I told myself I was going to try and make a <laughs> story without crying, but it's it's okay. Yes, like, it is okay. You know, I'm still allowed to have these emotions and like... For sure. I'm shocked I didn't cry more, but... I know. The more you talk about it, yes. the more it's you know right. easier to talk yeah, about yeah. um so yeah but thank you for having me too of course i love talking through it you know it's yes. just oh, it feels like a big sigh of relief like yes. we did it yeah <laughs> and we're human yes yeah. and then i'll let you look through and okay i'll show you too how to Edit it. I can't pause it right now because you're good. <laughs> I've got one more foil. But... So, if there's anything you want to add, anything you think of, yeah. we'll get the dads on here for this. We really should. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. Because, like, after I had Sophie and I started with my therapist, mm -hmm. um, 
we did a couple of joint sessions with Cody, not because I needed Cody to know anything. Yeah. He's wonderful and supportive, but I, I explained my point of view mm-hmm. and he explained his, like you said, like talking about your organs out on the table mm-hmm. and like, and did you I, have any idea that he felt that way? No. See? No. Yeah, and like, I, strong for you. Exactly. That's why they're like, he can't have emotions because he's got to be strong for you. Exactly. And like, from my side, I thought I was screaming, help me. Mm-hmm. Like I really did. And he was like, Katie, you're barely speaking. Yeah. So that was a crazy difference right. too, to see like, you know, I thought I was screaming over here for help and right. and he, you know, said you're barely saying help me. And then also like with Sophie, since she came out, she was like super purple. Mm-hmm. Um and wasn't crying. And so like that was also traumatic for him. Yeah. They were like hitting her, like, Come on, baby, come on, baby. Yeah. And like he's you know seeing it ish, all. You're right. Yeah. So I think I think a podcast of dads would be Yeah. Super cool. Um I do remember, like, after the um, C-section, Dylan looked at me and he was like, my parents are in, and he looked at me, my parents are in the room waiting for us. And I looked at him, I said, tell them to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? I said, they listen, I guess because you were in Florida, me, and Methodist, they don't let them, because my mom, oh, they were in the room. They wouldn't let anyone come in. Oh, they had you in recovery for an hour, and then you moved on to your room. Well, where they so go. they, um, they were like in the room, and he was like, "Well, they're just so excited to meet him, meet her." And I said, "They'll get to meet her when yeah. I'm ready." Exactly. <laughs> and so his mom was very like understanding. Yeah. She was like, "Okay, we'll go get lunch. Do y'all want anything?" Yeah. You know, and I was yeah. just like, I would have been so overwhelmed if I had just been cut open, and then. That's another thing people don't talk about is the visitors. And that was also something that was so traumatizing. Yeah, and like like, people making you laugh. And I was like, please stop making me laugh. Like, I'm not joking. It hurts so bad to laugh. Yeah. So. I know. But anyways. Yeah. Oh, I look cute too. Right. Okay. So at this hospital, it was a small hospital and they didn't have a NICU. So they've been kind of prepping me like, hey, you're 35 weeks, you're not even close to full term, like if this baby comes and has to go to a NICU, we will be lifelighting her to Pensacola. And it's going to be a two and a half hour drive. And you can't go in the air, like, you can't go with her and like, no, I'm chasing me. But they were like, you, like, your husband can go, but like you have to stay here and recover. And so I feel like that was like the scariest part that nobody Absolutely. talks about was like, yeah. And so, anyways, they had given me like that shot to develop our lungs. They're mm-hmm. like, we've done everything we can do to like make this as successful as possible. Yep. Um, but they came in Monday morning and they did um, like that test again and she got a four out of eight and they didn't tell me that thank god until like the doctor came in like i remember even talking to the ultrasound tech i'm like how's she doing you know like kind of joking around with her like how's she doing and she was like oh she you know like obviously reassuring like oh she looks great she's doing good um 
And then I remember the doctor coming in around like 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And mind you, like I'm all by myself. Dylan didn't stay the night. We had dogs at home. So yeah. like he had to go take care of the dogs. And the doctor came in and this was like the most traumatizing part to me was uh, he goes, or the doctor came in and it was just a random doctor who was on call. And she said, um, her levels are dropping, so we're just like, we need to take her out now. And she asked me, she said, this was Monday morning, she was like, is there anybody you want to call? And I was like, well, yeah, like, I have a husband. Who yeah. It's like, <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I made like six phone calls. Like, I had time to make like six phone calls. You know, I called all my sisters, I called his parents who were already on the way home. So they turned around. I actually called his parents first because I was like, yeah. hey, don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then I called Dylan and Dylan was getting ready for work and he was like, oh my God, okay, I'm coming. So at this point, um, they took me back already, like before I got to say like, bye to Dylan. Mm -hmm. And that was like the hardest yeah. part was like, what if I die? Yep. And I didn't even get to say like, goodbye yep um but i just remember like everybody rushing in at one time like sign this paper sign here sign here sign yep. here and like mm -hmm. it was like oh my god this is yeah. literally me signing my life away. exactly and i'm like i don't even know what i'm reading like i'm no so, I'm in you so don't much, yeah like i'm so stressed out i have no idea what i'm reading yep and also the doctor did give me an option she said I was like, do we have to do a C-section? Mm -hmm. I remember asking her that. And she was like, well, that is what's going to be safest and quickest mm -hmm. for y'all. Um, she said, I can induce you, but we don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know if her heart rate's going to drop. Like, yeah. you know, we just, the best and safest option is for you to have a C-section right now. Right. And I was like, okay, all right, we're doing this. So. You know, my sister had a C-section, mm -hmm. and I was like, uh, she did it, I can do it. You right. Know? Like, I just yep. kept telling myself that. Um, and then, um, the, so finally we get all, like, scrubbed up, and they were, like, wheeling me in there, and um, I just remember, like, this was, like, one of the good parts of the C-section, mm -hmm. was when they did give me the spinal tap the nurse who was holding on to me which i will forever be thankful for her she's literally i was like motorboating her my face yeah. was so hard in her face. and she was like i was like my face is in yeah. and she was like it's fine girl it's yeah. and she had you know like you're holding on to that yep. pillow like lean yep. over and she was just like like Pressure. holding me yeah. so tight and yeah. i was like I don't know if that was like a sensory thing, but it was like the yeah. best thing she could have done for me mm -hmm. because I felt like it was Dylan, like yep. holding me, you yep. know? Um, and I remember the guy, uh, his name was Ruben mm -hmm. and he was my um, like anesthesiologist mm -hmm. and he was so nice, like the best anesthesiologist ever. He was like just a little bee sting, you know, and then yeah. I felt it and like everything was going fine. Well, then there's also a nurse anesthetist mm -hmm. in there. And um, she kind of took, took over at that point after mm -hmm. everything. And I'm laying on the bed and um, 
I just remember like laying there like, okay, here we go. We're going to, like, I'm excited. You know, we're going to get to meet Bentley. Everything's going right. fine. And um, she said, all right, you're going to feel a little pressure. And I was like, okay. And I start making faces. Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, yeah, you feel that pressure? Like, you're going to feel mm. a little bit of, like, it's just deep pressure. Yeah. And I remember looking up at the nurse anesthetist and I was like, I feel that 100%. And she was like, well, yeah, you're going to feel pressure. Like, can you describe how it feels? And I looked at her, I said, it feels like somebody is cutting me open with a plastic knife. Right. And she, Ruben, like, jumped in. He was like, stop. Yeah. Every, like, stop the whole show. Um, and, uh, and then they like started doing something i don't know what exactly they were doing but they were like can you feel this and i was like no so then at that point you know that everything they waited like 10 minutes and mind you dylan's still not in the room yet so then um dylan comes in and like i will say it was probably the best like after that my c-section was fine but it you know just all that like being without him like once he came in it was just like Oh, yep. you know, like I can yep. relax a little bit. Um, and our like our team was great. It was a very like newer hospital, mm -hmm. so Bentley never left my side. Good. She was on. They put her on me. Ruben asked, like, can I take a picture of y'all? Like, so I have pictures of us in the OR. Like, while they're like sewing me back up, and I just remember asking, like. Like, while I was holding Bentley, I was like, are you guys almost done? Like, this is like two seconds after yeah. I I'm like, <laughs> hurry up. Guys, I'm like, are you guys almost done? And they were like, um, no, but just like, look at your baby, you know, like, enjoy this time with her. And I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, like, we're just, yeah. and so, um, but then I also feel like nobody ever talks about, like, the husband's experience. Exactly. Like, I, when I told this story, like, I didn't really go into detail with the other pregnant mom because I was like, I don't want to scare you. But yeah. <laughs> I texted Dylan. I said, I cried telling Dylan's birth story. Mm -hmm. And he said, that is just an experience I will never forget. Yep. And like, he yeah. said, when he walked into the OR, um, they had all of my organs on one table. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. Everything was out of my stomach on yep. one table. Mm -hmm. He said there was so much blood just like covering the pores. Yep. And nobody prepared him for that. No. Nope. You know? And, uh, yep. Cody the same on that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like there's a lot more that goes into it than just like, and the dads have to see, you know, they, like, do. they don't want to see their wife slit open. Well, they're looking at their wife like, is she, is she going to be okay? Yeah. Is she going to die? But then yeah. also like, like a baby a yes. new life is so exciting and you just want to hold your baby and then they like right. have to pick yeah what they're well, and that's the thing is like can hold. Who they can hold about that. yeah like, hey it's if shit hits the fan who who are we gonna yeah save you know nobody yep. ever talks about that no which i did talk about that a little bit with my client who was here but they're both she's a nurse and he's a nurse practitioner Okay. So they had that conversation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just like normal people. No, you don't, don't think about that. Because you don't want to. Right. You don't want to go into it thinking neg yes. negative is what some people right. may say it is. But it's really being prepared. Yeah. But, yes. No, nobody 
tells us about it, but really dads don't they they don't get really thought about yeah. in the equation. And even postpartum. Right. I mean, when you factor in depression and right. anxiety and like no one really checks on them either because right. they're you know, experience they can experience postpartum depression and anxiety too, but also they're trying to keep us afloat. Right. As we're healing. Yeah, and then that was another thing was I had severe postpartum anxiety and depression. Same. When after I had Bentley, but it was never talked about. It was undiagnosed, Mm -hmm. and because I didn't want to be considered crazy. Yep. Yep. So then, um, whenever I, whenever we moved back to Memphis, I was like, I'm not having another C-section. Yep. And. Like if like I wanted six kids originally, but I was like I'm not having six C sections. Yep. And also that's another thing. Like you cannot laugh, you cannot sneeze. Yep. Without being in pain after a C section. And um, I remember like they gave me pain meds, and I would feel like a crazy person for taking them. I'm like yep, I don't want to be addicted. I don't want to you yep. know. But like your body just went through a major surgery. Well, and it's hard to like even like I can't look at my scar to this day. Yeah. It's so painful yeah. to relive that mm-hmm. and also like grieve what you thought it would be because you do see so many other people who, you know, are blessed with no complications. They go in, right. they have the baby and like to this day I just look at some people and I'm like, Why can't that be me? Yeah. And it and it's, it's so hard to not do that. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's almost impossible to not compare. Right. And so many will say like you should be grateful you have a baby. Some people can't have a baby and like i'm not invalidating right them yeah. but also like that's not I'm allowed to feel what that's i'm feeling. not fair to yeah. say they didn't experience what i experienced right like right. who are you to say i mean sophie kyle's the best thing that's ever happened right. to me but i can and also grieve the trauma yeah. yeah and that's what like i don't know just like after birth like nobody like, I remember I used to call it my cave. Well, I call it my cave now. Because when I look back, there's not, like, any pictures of me and Bentley not mm-hmm. in my bedroom. Like, oh, we yeah. never left the bedroom. Yeah. I didn't have family. Like, I, two of my sisters lived with me, and that was a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know. And one of my sisters had a fiancé and two dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot. They moved yeah. in the week that I delivered because wow. I was supposed to wait a month yeah but then it ended up being that weekend that they moved in yeah you know and my sisters were super nice like trying to be like hey can i get you dinner can i bring you something Mm -hmm. and i just remember like being confined to my room and i was like no i don't want to leave like i don't want to get up well that's another thing people don't talk about with the postpartum anxiety yeah is people want to offer oh let me take care of your baby let me hold your baby like I don't need you to hold my baby. I'm actually terrified for you to even touch her because what if you have germs on you? What about RSV? Like, I I don't need you to hold her. I need someone to hold me and and care about me and just sit and talk to me. She's fine. I've got it, right? Like, I did all this for her. She's everything. So I just need you to offer to help me or just listen. I mean, I know that we both had you know, our daughter's younger, so, yeah. like, no one, I had no one that had had a baby right? to talk to, which was so isolating, and then my, which I think factored into the, the depression, too, was, like, I'm a different person, and people, 
they haven't gone through it don't understand that you're you're forever changed right like mentally physically everything and it was so hard for me to accept that my friends were in a different place and what well, um, i remember somebody asked me why can't you just be happy that you like have it yep and i'm like that's not the point no you know? that has like, nothing to do with this yeah <laughs> And like yeah. I am happy, but exactly. I also have emotions, and I have to take care of my. Yeah, family. and like Dylan was so great. Like he never wanted. Like he would just always reassure me. Yeah. You know, like you're a good mom. Like, yep. When I was thinking I'm the worst mom ever. Yeah. Why do I feel like this? I know. Why can't I just be happy? You know, like yeah. I'm already everything you're saying. I'm already thinking. Yep. So you telling me to. Be happy that I'm exactly. A mom. I'm already thinking that. Exactly. And I, I wish I could just be exactly. Happy. You know? I know. Yeah, for sure. I remember I would. Cody is such an amazing dad. Yeah. And I'm so blessed that I remember I would hold Sophie and look at her and say, "You don't need me. Like, I don't deserve you. Yeah. Like, you have yeah. the best dad. You don't need me." And at yeah. one point, I was like, "Like, how can I go away to do something yeah. for me and like?" even got to the point of like do should i be here anymore yeah. and once i hit that point of like i don't know if i'm worth living anymore is when i reached out and i got on medication yeah and i started therapy and from there it was on the up and up yeah. but you know it's just so hard like you said to ask for help and yeah. feel like people look at you like you're crazy right. and especially our generation's pretty open about mental health, but older generations aren't. And then they just think you're suck it up. You're being emotional. Like you're not depressed. You don't have postpartum depression. Yeah. Like Only they just crazy people have that. Right. You know? They just don't understand. Yeah. And that's I mean that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. Exactly. It's to educate people and help and people like, realize it's alone. okay. Like yep. people always will message me and be like, oh, you just have it all together you have it all figured mm -hmm. out and i'm like you don't see what no goes on you don't <laughs> behind the scenes yep. for me to look like i have it all together exactly like i, feel I that. too struggle with my own things yep and, you know we're we're all human yep at the end of the day we yep. all have emotions and i feel like finding a good support system and you know really reaching out to like your like connection yep like, I found uh, my, um, I remember crying with my doctor, uh, Dr. Duane. He is literally the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I remember crying with him and telling him I was so depressed. Like, and I, he asked me, like, this was when I was pregnant with Alice. So all this trauma is coming yep. back. Like, I'm like, what if I go through this again? Yep. Um, and I just remember, like, one of the things that I said when he finally, like, referred me to a therapist was, I, like, I just wish I could be excited for this pregnancy, but I'm not. Like, yep. I'm not excited. I'm yep. more, like, I am so stressed out, mm -hmm. but I wanted this baby so bad. Yep. And um, he was, like, he gave me a great therapist. I still talk to her, but... In that moment, he said, what's stressing you out the most? Mm -hmm. And I said, I just don't want another C-section. Yep. Like, I don't want to go through that again. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you have a 98.9% chance of having a VBAC 
So cross that off the list and That's get that amazing. out of your head. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know what I would have done with any other doctor. Yep. But I know that he took the time to sit me down when I was bawling, crying in his office. Mm -hmm. And he didn't look at me like I was crazy. Right. He validated what I was feeling. And he made it known that he was going to do everything in his power to help me have a good yep. experience. And after I had a back with Alice, um, I remember him coming into the room and he was like, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? Aww. And he was like, thanks for making me look good out there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it was just like my back was a dream. And uh, I'm amazing. so glad that like we have it on video and yep. you know all those things you wanted the first yes. time. Yeah, and yep. like, just the doctor alone can make or break like an experience, mm -hmm. and it's just like I feel like really taking the time. Like when we moved back from Florida, I did not decide I wanted to have more until I could find an OB. Yeah, and uh, I interviewed about like three different. Um, doctors and I remember calling Dr. Dwayne mm -hmm. and Valerie answered and she answers the phone every single time you know it doesn't like oh we're gonna put you on hold like no Valerie's there she's gonna answer unless they're online so then there's a lunch you know yeah but she I asked her I said does Dr. Dwayne do bats? and she said oh absolutely he loves bats. like and I, every person that I talked to before that was like, oh, well, it depends on the circumstances. Exactly. Yep. It depends on, and I'm just like, I just need somebody to tell me. Yes. yes. Yeah. I will do a V-back. Yes. And uh, so I found him and the rest was history. And now I'm like, please don't retire until I'm done. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I even told him that. He's like, mm, I got a while. Yeah. That's amazing so, yeah. and inspirational people like me because I don't know that I'll ever be able to have another baby yeah. right now. That's how I feel because yes. it's still yeah. paralyzing what happened right. and like I just don't and know if I can okay live too, through that you know? again. Yeah, like, that's okay if you don't want any more because of that. Like yeah. you've been through enough. Yeah, and it is heartbreaking when you do think you want more kids or you did start out saying you want oh I want three to four kids and mm -hmm. now it's like. How could I even survive yeah. a second one? Yeah. yeah. So, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing yours. Yes. And sorry, I got emotional. I told myself I was going to try and make a <laughs> story without crying, but it's it's okay. Yes, like, it is okay. You know, I'm still allowed to have these emotions and like... For sure. I'm shocked I didn't cry more, but... It, I know. The more you talk about it, yes. the more it's you know right easier to talk yeah, about yeah. um so yeah but thank you for having me too of course i love talking through it you know it's yes. just oh, it feels like a big sigh of relief like yes. we did it yeah we got through it <laughs> and we're human yes Peace. Okay, you guys, that brings us to the end of this C-Section Awareness Month episode featuring Katie. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you guys have any questions or want to reach out about your C-Section or just somebody to talk to in general, I'm always happy to listen. Um, 
Be sure to follow me on Instagram at chairchatswsb. Thanks for listening.